Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. And welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network, a production of Baylor Athletics. Glad you're with us today. John Morris, Brooke Bednars as normal, but not so fast. <laughs> a little bit normal, but a little bit abnormal today. Also, Brooke, you are the co-host of this Sikkim Podcast from its inception. Yes. And Very thankful are, for that. Yes, yes. And we'll talk about the history of that. But you are also our guest today and a guest of honor as you are uh if folks don't know moving on from Baylor and Baylor Athletics and this week is actually your last week on the job full time with us in Baylor. Yes, it is the definition of bittersweet. I know a lot of people say that but because of the nature of this move um and the opportunities that are ahead of me it's it's definitely bittersweet because it's not like I, you know, was looking to leave Baylor. I've really come to love Baylor, which all my Texas Tech friends that I graduated <laughs> with, <laughs> I'm sure will will love hearing. Um, but I'm really proud to be wearing the green and gold and still made sure to wear it today on my last day. So. That's good. That's good. Well, it'll be fun to, uh, when I brought this idea up to you, I said, let's uh, let's do a This Is Your Life, Brooke <laughs> So we're going to let you, uh, you know, share some memories uh, of your time with us on these podcasts, other yeah. interviews, some of the work you've done here. Uh, and uh, and that'll be fun. It's a good way to uh, for us to say thank you, too, for your good work. For the last three years, almost to the day, right? Almost three to years. the day. This yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good uh, history with that. Yeah. It's, um, same, yeah, exactly three years ago today that I, uh, or close to today that I started this week. Um, yeah, and there's been a lot of amazing stories and, and memories that I've been able to be a part of while I've been here. But when I, when you did look at me and asked me if I wanted to do this, I remember just kind of looking at you like, oh, you're going to turn the tables on me. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I normally am the one asking the questions. Yes. So Not that you haven't turned the tables on me. <laughs> of course. A time or two. So. Well, that was my, my job. You know? I know. You're the I voice know. of the bear has got to mix it up. That was very fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, and people are saying, okay, why are you leaving? Where are you going? What are you doing? Yes. Uh, another Big announcement, if folks don't know, you're engaged, you're getting married in January, and that, uh, and Brock yes. uh, is part of the, he has a new job in Houston, and that's the big part of the Absolutely. reason we're Absolutely, yeah, so um, when I first got here, uh, it was finally, before this, I did TV, um, and I had crazy work hours, and dating wasn't fully possible. It wasn't impossible, but my schedule never really aligned with anyone that had a normal job. Um, 
And so the dating didn't really ever work out. Um, and then I started working here at Baylor had, we still have crazy hours here, but, um, a little bit more normal. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, meet Brock Meckleborg. Um, he at the time was the operations manager, uh, at McLean stadium. Uh, he went to Baylor for undergrad. He got his, uh, graduate degree from here as well. Um, so even if I'm leaving, I will still be a Baylor fan for life. Nice. Um, and uh, then he became uh, the operations manager at the stadium, like I said, and he was that for three years. He was doing that job when I met him. Um, we became friends for a year, and then we dated for a year. Uh, really got to know him well through um, quarantine and COVID because we were neighbors three doors down. Right, right. Um, so that was fun to find out and kind of be in our little bubble of yeah. the very few people that we would see in person. Um and I was very thankful for that because I did live alone. Um, and so got to know him and his roommate uh, really well. Um, and then, yeah, now we, we started dating and now we're getting married. He had the amazing opportunity to become the operations manager at NRG Park down in Houston. Um, so that's where the Texans play, that stadium, uh, the NRG Center, where the rodeo, majority of the rodeo is held. Um, like the livestock shows and things like that. And then um, also the arena and technically the Astrodome, but not much goes on in there these days. <laughs> so that was an amazing opportunity for him. Um, we got engaged in February, and so we're planning our wedding for here in Waco in January. Uh, very excited for that. But, um, yeah, uh, we thought we had it all figured out, and God laughed and gave him this amazing opportunity. And so uh, now we're down we're headed down to Houston. He's already there, and I'm on my way. So Brock's already there. You're engaged. You're getting married. So you start looking for jobs. And yes. lo and behold, you found a great job <laughs> that ties right in with Brock's there. Yes, it does. Um, people joked when um, when he started telling people he got that job um, because technically, you know, Baylor, we, we rent McLean, sure. even though right. it's home, right. uh, just the way it's worked out with the city. Uh, Baylor's the biggest client yeah. of McLean Stadium <laughs> is how we joked about it. Um, and so when he started telling people he was getting this job at NRG, of course, they asked, well, what's Brooke going to do? And uh, one of the biggest clients uh, behind the Texans alone is the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Sure. Uh, so people were saying, like, oh, how funny would that be if Brooke got a job with the rodeo? Huh. Um, we'd still be neighbors right yeah. now. We're across the river. Uh, and lo and behold, I was able to get a job with the Houston livestock show and rodeo. So very excited to be joining them, but I'll be working out of the NRG center okay. and Brock out of the NRG stadium. So, um, we're switching up across the river for across the parking lot. Ah, that's great. <laughs> that's a great job for you. Congratulations. Thank on you. That. Yeah. Thank you. I will share a fun story. Yeah. I haven't been able to tell them this yet, but. I grew up very competitive. Uh, I grew up playing sports. Every sport tried it out at least one time. Um, and when I was nine, my family went to the Mesquite Rodeo. Mm. It was the first time I'd ever been to a rodeo. And we had no idea that this was coming, but they invite all the kids down to catch the calf for the calf oh, scramble. Yeah. So they tie that bandana on the back of a calf's <laughs> tail and, you know, all the kids chase them around, try to get it. Uh, there were two calves. And I caught one of them. I wow. caught the girl calf. Yeah. Um, and so I, John, I, no joke, from the ground up, this trophy is probably about three feet tall. Golly. And <laughs> it is, to date, <laughs> 
the biggest trophy I have ever received. <laughs> and it was, I mean, I was playing club soccer. It was in big time tournaments, basketball, you name it. Played all the way through high school. And uh, yeah, that is still the biggest trophy I've ever had. <laughs> um, and so when I got this job with the rodeo, my dad called me and was kind of laughing already when I answered the phone. And he goes, of course you're going to the rodeo. Yeah, like course. it was meant yeah. to be. <laughs> you have that. And we still have that trophy. Yeah. So when I went home this past weekend, of course, it was pulled out so I could nice. <laughs> acknowledge the trophy and that life's come full circle. That's a great story. So in your new office, I you've got to put that trophy in there, right? It's a great story to tell. It is. It is. <laughs> still have the bandana tied yeah. at the top. Very cool. It was pretty funny. That's great. And you were how old? Nine? I was nine. Nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so about 20 years ago at this point. Yeah. That's 20 years ago. Good. It caught... Caught the calf. Very cool. But Wedding is January 28th. Yes. Right? All right. Mm -hmm. So that's coming. You are uh, – so this week is your last week, as I said, full-time with Baylor Athletics. But we're not letting you go completely. Thankfully. Yeah, which is good <laughs> for us and good for our listeners and viewers because you are going to continue – Working on a contract basis, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, on our tailgate shows, which you put a lot of work into. So I'm glad that works out, that you able, you'll be able to do that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to have the opportunity to finish what we started. Uh, it's not fun ever having to leave anything in the middle of the season. And we're exactly halfway through with yeah. the home games uh, here at, at McLean. And so to have the opportunity to come back for Kansas, Kansas State, and TCU uh, through November is going to be an amazing opportunity to, you know, finish what we started and hang out with you guys yeah. and, and our analysts a little bit more and, and just keep talking Baylor football as they continue to progress. All right. And you have uh, the uh, perfect background to do that because I think folks know our tailgate show, this is for home games, is televised and broadcast on radio. And you have a television background, and you put all this work into uh, our lineup, you know, our rundown <laughs> for that first hour of the tailgate show. Folks don't realize how much work that is. That is a lot of work that you spend on, time you spend on that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I used to work in TV, um, was able to do news uh, for a little while, and then switch over to sports. I was very glad for that transition. Never will regret my time in news, but I was always ready to get back into sports. Um, and so when the opportunity for the tailgate show uh, presented itself uh, back during the pandemic, actually, when we only had, uh, I think it was 25% allowed to be in the stands, um, it was our way to bring Baylor football to everyone who couldn't be there with us. And, um, yeah, it's been an amazing opportunity, but it definitely is pretty much my full-time job in the fall other than this podcast yes um <laughs> but building that show going to coach aranda's press conferences finding those storylines um seeing how it everything correlates with um our marketing perspective and any games we have like go gold or a military appreciation or things like that um just making ways to tie all of those things together while still talking and analyzing the the game ahead so it's been a lot of fun, and I'm very fortunate to be able to continue that. Uh, do want to thank the rodeo for allowing me to come back um, and and finish that out as well. So very very much so looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm glad that worked out. So uh, you'll continue with that uh, sort of working remotely and then mm -hmm. coming in for those games and those uh, tailgate show broadcasts. You know, as you were talking about, this started during the pandemic. Remember that year? 
when it was limited attendance at McLean Stadium, we were doing the tailgate show inside inside the stadium, yeah, yeah. on the concourse there because there wasn't any reason to be out at, at Touchdown Alley because there, there was no nobody there. out there. There's no tailgating. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, isn't that kind of strange to remember back on that? It's really crazy to remember first and foremost just being at the games wearing the masks. Yeah. Um, you know, we were very socially distanced. We were limited. Sometimes if people watch the show now, majority of the time we actually have four people on the desk. Uh, we never did that. Yeah. Then it was only three, and we were all very separated, sat down, took our masks off. Everyone around us was wearing masks. Um, and, yeah, it was it was surreal. It was also hard to try to bring that excitement you know, to everyone knowing they they couldn't be there yeah, and see it exactly. in person. So different. Yeah, and I just remember wanting so badly to see the line run again and yeah. to see the stadium full and to have that sellout like we did last week. It didn't end the way we wanted it to, but to have that game and that atmosphere back was really special. But, yeah, I mean, when, we, when I think back, I've only been here for three years, but it seems a lot longer yeah. than that because <laughs> of that pandemic. There's right. been a lot of change. Um, from that moment, speak, you know, I still remember in March we had Coach Drew as the first uh, Zoom press conference. And yeah. it was only me, David Kay, and my boss, Chris Humphreys, and Coach setting that up and making it virtual for the very first time. And I still I have a picture from yes. that day of, yeah. of a Clorox wipe canister wow, thing. Because right. I was like, we really need to make sure that we, you know, we clean everything up. And little did we know what was coming. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been really neat to see from that point what happened, how we adapted and adjusted and, and got to where we are now. Through the pandemic. And, and actually, as I think about it now, the Sikkim podcast began. Yes, it you did. Know, as a, sort of a, you know, a way to reach out to our fans during the pandemic also. It really did. I remember going back and forth. We were, of course, sitting at home. Um, trying to figure out the name, what it should be, and, uh, you know, finding out I was going to get to work on it with you and, and how we were going to do this. And our first several episodes were via Zoom. Right. Because right. That, there was no coming we in come anywhere. In the same room. <laughs> no. Um, and then even if we did, like as we started coming, I remember Coach McGraw, we went and visited him at the golf facility and, we were very separated. Yeah. You know, we were always making sure we were six feet apart. And um, now to be able to just walk in a room and sit down and, uh, you know, laugh and share stories has been really special. But when this first started, I'd never listened to a podcast. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll admit that now. Um, <laughs> I was not a podcast listener and uh, more than ever thought I would be a host of one. Um, and so when the opportunity came, I was like, okay, we'll figure this out. Yeah. And, um, I am confident in saying that this is the part that I will miss the most. Mm. Um, I am long winded as most of you all have become aware of. Um, but I love sharing stories and the hard part, whether it was with TV or the tailgate show or, um, any feature I do for ESPN plus they're, their time constraints and I can't have a 10 minute story because none of y'all would want to sit around and watch it. Um, <laughs> but when I do these interviews and we get to hear all these great things, it's like, okay, Ben Sims said 15 amazing things, but I only have time to say three. Right. And so I end up sharing all of those other 
you know, 12 amazing things that he said to all my family and friends. And I'm like, oh, every time I tell it, that would have been a great story. (laughs) Exactly. That would have been a great story. (laughs) And people aren't aware. So this podcast, while I never thought I wanted to do it, has been amazing because we get to ask those questions and we have time to hear those answers. And so this is I am a huge podcast fan now. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. Exactly. Yeah. All right. want to get some of your uh, favorite uh, interviews, podcasts, subjects, things you've got to do while you've been here. Okay. Uh, so we want to – that is straight ahead. Uh, we are brought to you by Rogue Media Network. I've had the privilege of calling games, telling stories about Baylor athletics for a long time. Storytelling is an art, and there's a network in town doing just that. Rogue Media Network has produced over 80 original podcasts and shows ranging from comedy, true crime, business, and sports. If there's a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. You can find this podcast and all the other great Rogue Media Network shows on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you and I, uh, Brooke Bednar is our co-host slash guest <laughs> slash honoree today, her final week here at Baylor. And uh, I, I'll just say this, you know this, but boy, it's been fun working with you and we're going to miss you. You know, we're going to continue with the podcast, but uh, it'll change, you know, without your input, and without you being a part of it. Well, thank you so much. And I, I do want to take a moment to say thank you, not only to you for this opportunity uh, to say goodbye and and to reflect and and remember all these amazing opportunities, but also say thank you from the, from the top down to Mac Rhodes, Joe Von Overshone, Justin Hoff, um, everyone that I've had the opportunity to work with in between. And especially my boss that brought me here, Chris Humphreys, um, the opportunities that Baylor gave me were unceasing they you know it it just kept coming blessing after blessing and um yeah I am a true Baylor fan now and I can't say I was <laughs> right, right before I got this job yep. um I was willing and and ready to wear the green and gold and um it it changed my life I will always remember um and appreciate the time that I was able to be here and like I said it's bittersweet because it's not necessarily that I'm wanting to leave Baylor, but that my next chapter with Brock is in Houston, and I'm very excited for that, of course, but it's it's bittersweet to be leaving. So yeah. thank you to everybody for the opportunity to work here with all of you guys. It's been it's been amazing. Very nice. Very heartfelt. Give you a chance to say a final goodbye at yes. the end of the podcast. But what are, what are some of the things that you think of? Uh, I did give you a heads up on this ahead <laughs> of time. What are some of the things that have, are, have been very memorable for you, either the podcast or feature stories or just interviews you've had a chance to do during your time here? Yeah, well, it was neat to kind of go back and, you know, anytime you leave, you save all your stories and you transfer them off your computer and and so I was going back through all the stories I've done. And the first one, uh, it might have been my first feature. I can't quite remember, but Freddie Gillespie oh. um, and just his story from D3 to D1 and how he had really never picked up a basketball and more or less had <laughs> really never done an interview to that extreme before. Um, but just to see his growth and how he became and, and all the work he put in and hearing Coach Drew talk about, like, how he was missing block shots <laughs> or missing dunks even, you know, and, and how he, he grew and developed and then, you know, had the opportunity to play uh, in, in the NBA and, and be drafted and all that is just, you know, 
such a special or pulled up, sorry, uh, such a special story. Um, and so Freddie Gillespie definitely kicked things off for me here yeah. uh, in, in a big way, not just because he's super tall. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and isn't that great? I mean, doesn't that speak to how great this job is by getting to know him and then being able to tell his story and share his story with the Baylor fans? Absolutely. And it's really neat, you know, to sit down with them uh, because I, I, I feel like a lot of times people, when they see, you know, news stories or – uh, our tailgate show stories or anything on ESPN plus it's like oh well someone else probably edited that or did the interview and the the really cool part about this job is that we're the ones doing the interview mm-hmm. I'm the one sitting down in that chair across from them walking them through this interview uh, giving them tips and tricks along the way and and hearing their story and, and when they get kind of you know caught up in an emotion or stumble over their words work through them that through that with them um, to help them be able to tell their story in the best way. And, and then I have the, you know, the honor of taking that story. And I always say they're not mine. I might be the one presenting them, but it's not my story. It's their story. And I'm just kind of the tools that they're using to tell it, uh, which is a huge honor every time they allow me to do so. But Freddie, to see him come in, not really know what I was about to do. My job was new. Um, I tried to explain to him what I was doing and I was like, I'm on your team, you know, and, um, yeah, just the opportunity to walk him through his story and to hear how he really didn't start playing basketball till late. And then, you know, started in D3 and then the opportunity came to move to D1 and come to Baylor. And he was like, I got to try this out. But then when he got here, you know, we have big time scholarship players that he was working behind and, um, he spent a lot of time in the gym, and then to see it come to fruition, unfortunately, um, when Tristan got injured, uh, but he was able to step up and, and really make a name for himself and uh, to see that support from Tristan also because they had all seen the hard work behind the scenes, and so I was able to give a glimpse into that. Yeah. It was really special. That's cool. So that's a story when, when you talk about it, we talk about it, people say, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that, which is nice, which is a great compliment. Thank you. The other one uh, I'm sure people remember is uh, you did a great story with Jared Atkinson and his mom. Yes, that was, that was special. That was back during uh, the 2020 football season when we didn't have very many uh, fans in the stands and people were, you know, being very cautious of where they went. Um, Jared, uh, of course he, when he was a sophomore, I think, um, he had taken the spring off because his mom had cancer. And so, uh, coach rule at the time was the head coach and allowed him to go home and to be with her and was really the primary person who was able to take her to and from appointments and things like that, uh, because their dad was still working to provide for the family and, his sister was off at school and wasn't able to do that. And so for Jared and his mom, that was an opportunity to become really close. Uh, but I came to find out that there wasn't a whole lot of talking of feelings. It was more of kind of attacking in the business perspective, get this done. We're going to, we're going to knock out cancer. Um, so she overcame that and that was amazing. Um, but then right when the pandemic started, uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer again. Um, she's still battling it today. Uh, but, that season was really tough um, for Jared because it was it was the pandemic and he it was right in the middle of the football season starting it was his senior year and he couldn't be at home to be taking her to those appointments again um, instead you know it was all over Zoom and FaceTime because he had to be careful he could he didn't want he was around the team and the team was being really cautious but 
we were trying to keep the team healthy at the same time and he didn't want to make his mom any yeah. sicker if he accidentally had COVID. And so, you know, we all remember those days of just the anxiety of what if, and, uh, you know, so he had to stay away from the person he wanted to be around the most and help her. Uh, so I was able to do a zoom interview with both of them to kind of share this story and what it was like. And, um, they both knew I was doing interviews with the other one, but I guess they didn't talk about it. And so I did two fantastic interviews via zoom, um, and put the story together. And when it aired, I sent it to them, you know, it airs in the tailgate show first. And, and then I sent it to them and, um, I got a phone call from her, Monique Atkinson, shortly after, and she was nearly in tears and said that, uh, you know, she just wanted to thank me for doing that story. And I said, well, of course, you know, thanks for taking the time to share it. Um, you didn't have to do that. And, and she said that hearing Jared's thoughts about what it was like for her to have cancer for a second time, uh, she hadn't heard those before because mm -hmm. Jared hadn't opened up to her personally. Um, and I think we can all, you know, understand what that's like, not wanting to make anyone feel more sick or, right. or, or guilty for stuff that they can't control. But, um, yeah, so just Jared, you know, that speaks volumes to him, trusting us with his story, being vulnerable, um, and kind of, you know, speaking the truth and the opportunity that that story was able to provide their family to grow closer together through all of this was really special to be a part of. Wow, very memorable. Uh, another one uh, I remember I loved was uh, Tommy Bowman. Yeah, Tommy. <laughs> what a great guy. Yeah. He's fantastic. Um, I'll start this one out because it's a joke. He sent me – I was doing his uh, his st story, and, of course, I asked for pictures. You know, he played back in the day, and I said, you got any pictures you can send me? <laughs> and he sends me a picture. I know what's coming. And he <laughs> says <laughs> – Three guesses on which one's me, yeah. and the first two don't Team count. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, Tommy Bowman was the first scholarship black student athlete here at Baylor University, um, and he played basketball for us. And, and that story, I mean, from him talking about it like that and just joking with us and, and getting to hear his perspective of what that was like, um, how his team giving them credit for how they treated him, um, hearing some of the difficulties that he had when they went on the road and played other places. It was really neat to hear from his perspective and how that's, you know, transformed his life and how he never really thought of being the first. This struck me. Mm -hmm. um, he never really thought of being the first. It's not an accomplishment. He's like, it's, it's just a fact. Wow. It's just a fact. It's not going to change yesterday, today, or tomorrow. Um, but to be that person who opened that door and was the first to walk through it, he does see that as an honor. And when it when you look at all of our student athletes here today and, you know, that he's been able to kind of meet and speak with, it's really – he told me how neat it is for him to see that because it looked very different when he was a student athlete here at Baylor. But, um, yeah, so to hear and share his story was super, super special. Um, also really neat to speak with his teammate, David Sibley, to talk about what that was like for him and as a teammate. Um, and then Carol Dawson. That uh, Carol Dawson's interview, um, most interviews, if people don't know, when you do an interview for a story like this, it's maybe 10, 15 minutes max. And that's pretty long. Uh, Carol Dawson's interview with me was 45 oh, minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> 45 minutes of just chatting, 
and talking and getting to know. And I mean, when I say I had the hardest time picking through those sound bites and what to include, there's a reason that story is six minutes long. Yeah. And it's because it deserved to be six sure. minutes long. Um, and it was, it was so special down to, he was just driving through on some sc- scouting. He was the recruiter. Carol Dawson was the recruiter. He's, he went on to do amazing things with the, the Rockets down in Houston, um, was their GM for a long time. But when he first started out, he was the assistant basketball coach here at Baylor. And he was on a recruiting trip, and he needed some gas. So he pulled over in this small Texas town, East Texas, and uh, he had a Baylor sticker on his car. And the guy pumping the gas was like, what do you do at Baylor? He said, oh, I'm a, I'm a basketball coach. And the guy pumping the gas goes, well, we got the best player in the state right down the street. And Carol, of course, that struck his attention. Sure. He's like, oh, what? <laughs> and uh, he had never heard of anyone in this town playing basketball. And at the time, Tommy Bowman's aspirations were just the junior college down the street. Um, and so he he said, okay, well, where is this house? So he gets directions last house on the left down that road so he gets in his car full of gas and he literally just drives to this house has no idea who's going to be there and uh, Tommy's mom was sitting on the porch uh, (laughs) shelling peas and so Carol Dawson gets out of the car and he walks up to her introduces himself and sits on the porch for an hour and a half while they waited for Tommy to come back shelling peas and and Tommy says that uh, in that hour and a half Mrs. Bowman was sold on Baylor and that if Tommy hadn't (laughs) decided to go there, she would have had some choice words for him. So a lot of credit to that story and whoever that man was pumping gas because it got us one heck of a basketball player and an amazing story to tell. Yeah, very cool. That's great. Another thing you mentioned to me ahead of time was you get to work with and around student athletes and uh, in this area you help them develop and help them grow, you know, just being more comfortable doing interviews. Yes. uh, There's a, you know, we practice with them on and off the field in the strength room, you know, getting those workouts in. We have areas of mental health and nutrition and things like that. But as they develop in all of those areas as student athletes, they start getting these big interviews. They go to big 12 media days and they have these big opportunities to to speak with people and big time reporters from ESPN and on, you know, live broadcast and this and that. And, and so when we're doing our little interviews in, in content days or things like that in the summer, it's really neat to see them come in as freshmen, very nervous, very unsure of how to say their answers and what to say and where to look and how to sit. And then to see them grow into seniors fifth year, senior, sixth year, COVID, you know, who knows, however long they've been here. Um, But to grow into that, their final year with us and then have them walk in and not only be confident in what they're doing, but be comfortable in it and trust that, you know, we can, we can tell you our story and trust Baylor with our story. And, and that's really special. That's really special for me to earn that trust. Um, but it's also really neat when they come in, you know, halfway through their time here and they're like, okay, so I practiced this, but I did not say what I meant to say. How do I, how do I approach this? Yeah. Or if someone hits me with a hard question, if I pause, does that look bad? Or, you know, in asking me those questions, because I've been the one asking the questions before and they know that I'm on their team now. And, and so to see that growth 
and to see their reaction when they see their story come to fruition is has been really special yeah. and really cool to to be a part of because I mean we're at a university and while we're not teachers and professors you know we do have students that we get to work with and and that's our area that we can see them grow in yeah. so it's been neat isn't that fun yeah I mean that's one of the real joys of being in-house you know being in the athletic department is having those opportunities with student athletes and doing what we can you yeah. know to help prepare champions for life so absolutely really fun and I do want to make one more note I purposely didn't tell you uh, that this is one of my favorite moments oh. because I didn't want you to have a heads up um of course you know gotta throw you a loop one more time <laughs> but um one of my other favorite moments was surprising you oh. with your 400 <laughs> consecutive called football games. It was last a surprise, year. yes. Uh, but talk about being on the inside and and having that opportunity to reach out to people that you first worked with way back. Uh, you know, at the radio station when you were in high school, <laughs> and then um, Frank Fallon's son. Uh, the former voice of the Bears and or the original. I know that's how you like to say that. Yes. Um, and uh, just to have seen and have the opportunity to have Mac Rhodes in there and all the other Big 12 announcers and, of course, so many of your family and friends and coworkers here at Baylor. But to surprise you with that video um, is probably in my top three. That's um, nice. Just because it's been such a blessing to work alongside you and to learn and as someone who didn't go to Baylor, I've been very upfront about that. Um, having to come in and do this podcast from the get go and be like, I, I was not here for that. Right, I don't, right, I right. don't know those stories. Um, and to have had the opportunity to do this podcast with you and to learn all those stories and to hear all those memories and to have you just at the drop of the hat, be able to be like, yes, on that game, this is what happened. You know, that's, it's there. It's evident that you called 400 we're plus a team. consecutive. Let's say we're a good team together. But right? that's been really special. So that was I fun. Now the, the really funniest enjoyed. part, thank you for saying that. Yeah. And thank you for doing that. It means, it still does mean the world to me. But the funny part was you had to track down all these people <laughs> yes. who I have in my phone. I've got all of them. I know. But you couldn't come I to me and say, you. hey, I need the number for Steve Bertram <laughs> or Dave Hunziker or Brian yeah. Estridge, right? That you had was to track fun. them all down. Yeah, it took a while. Um, Steve Bertram, <laughs> that one is probably the best story. Yeah. Um, so I had to Google him. Yes. I got his name. I don't remember how I got his Steve name. Steve is a guy that works at WHIR in Danville, where I grew up. Yes. And he, you know, really uh, behind Frank was a, as big a mentor as anybody because he let me hang around and get started in radio. Yes. So I always like to give him credit. You knew that, mm -hmm. but you had to track him down. Yes. I think <laughs> you had mentioned his name sometime before. Okay. Oh, you mentioned him in Lunch with a Legend. Oh, okay. You were recognized as, as a legend, and yeah. so I knew Steve. I was like, Steve Bertram, I got to find that person. So <laughs> how I did that, I was like, I have no idea. So I Googled him, okay. and I found out, I found this. I was like, Steve Bertram, radio station. Found something with call letters and, like, a high school thing from, like, years ago. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, well, that's got to be the place John was talking about. So I call, and... Somebody picks up the – it was just like they were nonchalant answering the phone. Sure. And so then I was like, hey, I'm Brooke with Baylor, and I'm trying to track down blah, blah, you know, and tell the whole story. And he's like, wait, what? Uh, and funny. so it stops, holds on for a second, and that man had 
his phone number. That's great. And he goes, here, you can just call him. And I was like, wow, (laughs) you're the right person to answer the phone that day. And so I was able to call him and leave him a voicemail, and he called me back. That's so funny. um, Yeah, and then the – Marty Brenneman. Marty Brenneman. Yeah, good job there. Yes, that one was um, – <laughs> I emailed, and I, as someone who works in athletics, I was like, I know how annoying it is to get emails that don't apply to your area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wrote out this really nice email explaining that I understand that, um, but I sent it to the Reds ticket office. Ticket office. I was office. like, please. <laughs> it was the only email I could find. I was like, please help. They forwarded it along. That's how amazing that was. That's they pretty cool. They passed yeah. that along. And uh, without ever telling me, and then one day I had a voicemail from Marty Brenneman on yeah. my phone, and I uh, was like, "Oh, yeah, I gotta call you back right now." <laughs> so that was that was really cool. That's cool. That's it was really fun, fun tracking them all down. Yeah, you did some work there <laughs> tracking all those people down. So greatly appreciated. And so I can say from that angle how much I appreciate all your hard work. And Thank so you. many people could say the same thing. And we just appreciate everything you've done because you have, uh, you know, left a mark here at Baylor, and we appreciate it very much. You are a Baylor Bear. Yes. 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 And uh, <laughs> we want you to come back and visit you and Brock often. And, and folks listening know that Brooke will be here for our three remaining home games tailgate shows. So come by the tailgate and say hello yeah. to Brooke. Yeah. I would love to see you guys. And, John, it's been such a pleasure to work with you. Um People ask me all the time, do you know John Morris? Yeah, "Yeah, I work with him every day. (laughs) Um, So thank you again just for this opportunity to be on the podcast, to remember all those amazing memories, and uh, to make my last week here at Baylor a really special one. Very good. Very good. We appreciate you. Uh, Best of luck to you and Brock. One more time, you've got one final read to do here, and then we'll let you go. (laughs) (laughs) Are you interested in true crime, funny one-star reviews, or inspiring stories? What about the history of Waco or the famous people who have lived and worked here? All these and more are produced by Rogue Media Network. There are over 80 different shows, including this one, with more coming all the time. If there is a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. You can watch on YouTube or listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Very nice. One final thought that I just thought of. As you were reading that, you held the card up. And I see your uh, wedding ring, your engagement ring. Yes. Remember, you were doing sidelines for us on an ESPN Plus broadcast. It was the first time she made her appearance on TV. That's right. The (laughs) ring made an appearance, and I was doing play-by-play and made mention of that. Brooke, uh, what is that on your <laughs> left hand, on your finger? Which yeah, was really fun to it do was. also on It was air. neat to cut that and send it to Brock. That's And he cool. was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't That's believe. Fun. So. That's another example of uh, the good times we've had working together. Yes. So thanks again. We appreciate it. Thanks for being our guest of ah, honor crazy. this week. For the final time, for Brooke Bednarz, I'm John Morris. Thanks for listening to our Sikkim podcast, Powered by Rogue Media Network. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast. Powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Baylor Athletics.